Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of April 16, 2016. Attention Bookshare members who are iPhone users. Bookshare has a great sale on the Voice Dream Reader app. It lets you read Bookshare books and much more on your iPhone. The price of the app is just $9.99 until April 22. So double tap right on over to the iPhone App Store, grab your copy, and start listening to books the way you want to hear them. Lots of great voices to choose from, adjustable reading speeds, quick navigation, and much more. If you're not a Bookshare member, visit their website at www.bookshare.org and join for just $50 a year. With over 350,000 books in their library, you'll never wonder what to read again. The ACB Mini Mall stocks standard folding aluminum and graphite canes and folding graphite ID canes in lengths from 46 to 60 inches. We also have roller and teardrop tips sold separately. When you need a new cane, visit the ACB Mini Mall from the ACB website at www.acb.org or give us a call at 877-630-7190. Remember to join the E-Racers, KCB's walk team, in the 2016 10,000 Steps ACB Memorial Walk. It's just $25 per person to register as a team member or you can donate any amount. Help us reach our goal by visiting our website at acb.donorpages.com slash 2016acbwalk slash erasers. That's http colon slash slash acb.donorpages, D-O-N-O-R-P-A-G-E-S dot com slash 2016-ACB-WALK slash E-RACERS, E-R-A-C-E-R-S. Or give us a call at 502-895-4598 and we'll be glad to help you over the telephone. Thanks in advance for your support. For many years, Seedlings Braille Books for Children has been a major producer of low-cost reading materials for children and youth. From board books to chapter books, Seedlings has it all. We feature Seedlings on page 2 this week as they have recently announced some new titles in their exciting and innovative DK Braille series. On April 14, Netflix and the American Council of the Blind announced a first-of-its-kind agreement that will greatly increase the number of audio-described movies, DVDs, and TV series available on the Internet. For those of you who love movies or are fans of the ever-popular series House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, this agreement is for you. Netflix has not only committed to providing more and more audio description, but it also will make its website and mobile app accessible to people who are blind and visually impaired. Hear all about it from Eric Bridges, Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind, on page 3. Driverless cars have been a topic of much discussion for several years, and the conversation shows no sign of wearing thin. 
I attended the April 12 meeting of my Lions Club, the Louisville Downtown Lions, which is a major sponsor of Soundprints, by the way. I was very pleased to find that the speaker for that evening was from AAA, and the topic was New and Innovative Safety Features in Automobiles. As you'll hear on page 4, there are new systems that do everything from keeping the car in the right lane to monitoring the brakes to monitoring the distance between cars. As the presentation progressed, I found myself thinking, they are making everything automatic in new cars. Can a driverless car be far behind? And sure enough, the presentation ended with a discussion of, you guessed it, driverless cars and their introduction and growth into our everyday culture. Don't miss page four. And on page five is the Soundprints calendar. Page two. Erin Smith is the community outreach coordinator with Seedlings Braille Books for Children. Seedlings has been on Soundprints before and as many of our listeners know is a major um, distributor, provider, seller of Braille books for young people, both infants as toddlers as well as um, up to older children. And Karen, we're so glad that you're here because there are some new things at Seedlings and we'd like for you to tell us about them. Welcome. Thank you, Carla. Yes, we do have, we're very excited. We have some new books. They are from DK Braille and they are print and Braille books that are just fantastic. We have five titles and we're so excited about them. The titles are Shapes, Counting, Animals, On the Move, which is all about transportation, mm-hmm. and It Can't Be True, which is just packed full of fun facts. Now, do these books uh, differ from, from some of the other books in your collection? What makes these books special? Tell us about D.K. Braille. D.K. Braille is a new venture for D.K. Books. They decided that they wanted to go into production of Braille books, and they sent us some early copies, some proofs for us to look at, Mm -hmm. and we were very, very impressed. We had teachers of visually impaired children come to our office and look through them and comment on them, and they were amazed at the quality. And the Braille itself was up to seedlings standards. Seedlings always produces perfect Braille, and these books do have perfect Braille. What makes them different is that they um, have very vivid illustrations, and uh, they're tactile. You can touch and feel the illustrations as well. These are books that sighted and non-sighted family members can enjoy and learn together. And DK Publishing has, for a long time, produced and been known for very, very high-quality books in the in the print book market. Mm-hmm. And so it's when I saw your announcement about the DK Braille books, I was I was really excited about this. Um, many years ago. I uh, sold Usburn Books, and Usburn is a company that's very similar to DK. In fact, uh, some of their materials are, are, you know, just real, real closely related. And 
And I knew from that experience about DK and how wonderful DK Publishing is. So um, it, it's, it was exciting. The book on transportation with the cars and the trucks and things, I mean, that just has to be so fun. It really is. I have an 18-month-old grandson, and I showed it to him, and he just loved it. He's all about anything with wheels or trains, airplanes, anything. He is a sighted child, but he loved it himself. The thing about uh, purchasing these books from Seedlings is that we are offering them at our deeply discounted prices. Mm -hmm. As a nonprofit, we are able to sell them at one of the lowest prices you'll find on the Internet. Uh, we depend on our supporters to help mm -hmm. us give these great prices to our customers, and we're passing along those savings to our customers. Well, and I think you make a great point when you talk about sharing that book with your grandson because, you know, sighted children love tactile things too, and we're always looking with a young child for ways to appeal to more than one sense. So a tactile book for a sighted child appeals to the um, sense of touch as well as the fact that they're seeing the pictures. And DK Pictures, DK Publishing is known for its tremendously wonderful pictures in their books. So um, this would be the kind of thing that would be great for not only a blind child or a visually impaired child, but for an adult to share, a blind adult to share with a sighted child. So I, I just, I think this is a really great thing. Do you have other DK books as well, or are these the first five? No, we have been purchasing our touch and feel books mm -hmm. from DK for a while. And what mm -hmm. we do, these would be our baby board books. Mm -hmm. We take them and we apply Braille to them. Mm -hmm. So we were familiar with DK Books prior to this venture. Mm -hmm. Then they reached out to us when they said they wanted to get into the business of publishing Braille, and they wanted to get our thoughts. And we saw them, and we were amazed by the books. And that's why we decided to offer them to our customers as well. Tell us about some of the other books that you have, some of the other maybe new books or books that you've um obtained or added to your collection in the last year or two. We, we haven't had an interview with Seedlings for quite some time, so it might be interesting to also explore some other new additions to the line. Certainly. We have, back by popular demand, a book called The Sensational Alphabet. We had been out of stock for a while, but we recently reordered, and they're going like hotcakes, just like the DK Braille books are. Mm -hmm. This book uh, sells for $20, and it involves all the senses, seeing, touching, smelling, hearing, learning, signing, and Braille. For each letter of the alphabet, you can hear the letter pronounced. You can feel uh, a tactile sensation. You can see if you have some sight pictures, you can hear the word being pronounced, and then you can feel the braille uh, for that word or letter, and you can see the sign for it, uh, for sign language. 
it's really a great book. So that would be one of our newer products. And the other thing I want to mention is Seedlings is, trans- is transitioning over to UEB. Mm-hmm. We have all of our baby board books and all of our print and braille books in UEB currently. We have no titles left over in the old code. Mm. And we are now moving on to our books for our independent readers, our shorter books and our longer books. Mm-hmm. But all 13 titles eventually will be in UEB. Mm-hmm. That That is great. That That's really, um, that is a big project in itself. It certainly is. It's yep. taken a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are there other things that are on the horizon that are coming out that maybe people should be on the lookout for? Um, More of a particular genre of book or um, maybe a new new series that's coming? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. Uh, However, we always invite our supporters and donors to consider making a donation. For uh, $1,000, we can introduce a new title into our collection. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot. You know, you'd no. think it would take more. No, you would think it would take more. But we, of course, uh, give half of our books away for free, mm-hmm. and the other half we sell at an average of $10 a book. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, it's because of our generous donors and supporters. So we sell our books at a loss of producing them. Oh, yes. Anyone that has been involved with any kind of Braille production, from the simplest thing of, of, well, it's not simple, but from adding Braille strips to a page that is basically print, um, you know, those those clear plastic strips uh, are very expensive. They, Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing compared to, you know, what you would think of. Um, just for material that would go on a uh, on anything, you know, that just a, a standard um, sheet of of kind of um, plastic, that, like contact paper or something like that. It has to be something that will actually hold the dots. Right. And that stuff doesn't come cheap. No, I think a box of it is three hundred dollars. Yes. <laughs> and you're lucky at that price. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure how far a box will go. We yeah. do have volunteers who apply the Braille to the baby board books. Mm-hmm. It's a, but it's a tedious job, mm-hmm. very tedious, because it has to be just perfect. It has to be aligned perfectly. The Braille has to be perfect, everything, the spacing. And that is not, not something you'd have to do that with volunteers because right. it's very time intensive. It is. And yeah. then we have Brailleists who check their work and quality control people who look to make sure it's straight, there are no ripples or bubbles in the tape, uh, because we want to make sure that our, our books are absolutely top-notch when right. we leave here. Right. Okay, well, tell us how people can contact Seedlings and find out more about the books, see what all is available. Give us a website, telephone number, that type of thing. Certainly. Our website is www.seedlings. Org. It's S-E-E-D-L-I-N-G-S. We got our name based on seedlings, little plants growing, because our philosophy is if you put a book into the hand of a child, the love for reading will grow. And then our 1-800 number, 
where you can call us toll-free would be 800-777-8552. That number again, 800-777-8552. We're open from 9 to 5 Eastern Standard Time, here to take your orders. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. We really appreciate it and uh, look forward to hearing about more DK Braille books. Well, thank you, Carla. Thank you for the opportunity to share these great books with uh, your listeners. We appreciate it so much. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free of charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot APH dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 3. This past week, the American Council of the Blind and Netflix announced a new agreement about audio description and some other accessibility issues that relate to blind and visually impaired people. And on the phone with me is Eric Bridges, Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind, and we're going to chat just a little bit about this agreement. Welcome, Eric. Hi, Carla. It's good to be back. Tell us what has happened with the with the Netflix agreement. There's probably a few people out there that still haven't seen it. So give us a little overview here. Sure. Well, uh, after, I would say, uh, over a year of, of uh, negotiating with Netflix, we came to a, a joint agreement that uh, we think is obviously going to be very positive uh, for those who are Netflix subscribers and are audio description addicts, <laughs> uh, much like myself, uh, one of the one of the challenges that we have had historically with uh, uh, companies that that uh, create and or distribute uh, TV or movie products is having the description track included mm-hmm. um, whenever it's being disseminated or however it's being disseminated and. That's one of the cool parts of this uh, agreement is that uh, they're going to uh, be able to, well, they're, they're going to uh, acquire description tracks for a lot of the movies, um, an increasing number of movies, as well as uh, continue to and, and with their original series have the, the audio description uh, available. So shows like House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, uh, Narco, which is really cool. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, uh, it's, it's a period piece that takes place, I believe, in the 1980s, and it's about Pablo Escobar, the leader of the Medellin cartel. Oh, wow. 
in uh, Colombia, um, it's essentially about the drug wars. One of the cool aspects of, of that show is that they do description both in English and in Spanish. Oh. So, um, and, you know, I would argue that a lot of the reason why you've seen this happen uh, so recently is that we've been actively engaged with Netflix in these discussions uh, for them to to include description and uh, I think we all know that House of Cards is a is a huge smash and uh, is only available on Netflix it's an original and so is Orange is the New Black and Narcos and and others so it's uh, it's good and to to go along with that you know you can only watch those described movies if you're able to actually access them through True. their website yes. and through their app, yes. and they've agreed to increase significantly the accessibility of of their main website as well as their app. And that that is such an important piece because uh, we can have all the described movies in the world, we or or all the described shows, but if we can't get to them, it's not very useful. And that has been a major a major problem is just uh, being able to get to the track, being able to turn the track on um, has been a, a real problem for blind and visually impaired people. It certainly has been. And, you know, the uh, important um, point to, to raise in all of this is that the CVAA does not cover a streaming website company like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. They fall outside of the of the purview of of the government, and so it really took an effort by us, by ACB, as well as the Bay State Council of the Blind, our, our affiliate and uh, individual members, to raise this issue with uh, with Netflix. Uh, some of some of your listeners may recall that a few years back. Uh, the, the deaf and hard of hearing community um, actually filed a lawsuit against Netflix and received a pretty positive settlement over captioning of, mm -hmm. uh, of movies and other content on, on uh, being streamed by Netflix. And so I believe that, that that probably helped us in our discussions with Netflix. And it, it uh, you know, We'll have to see how all of this works, but what what I can say is that there's, you know, there are a lot of movies with audio description. There are original series with audio description. Our expectation is that uh, through this agreement, that there will be significantly more, and that uh, when you when you go on their website, you'll be able to easily access this information without being as frustrated as as we have been in the past yes. um, and even sometimes are now. So mm -hmm. those are our expectations. And I, I you know, I, I believe Netflix expectations as well in this agreement. Well, it's a, it's a great, a great day for blind and visually impaired people who are um, movie buffs and who watch these programs and, um, 
also it's it's a positive uh, for for all blind and visually impaired people because advocacy builds one step on another just as your reference to um, the closed captioning successes by the deaf community um, you know that this can this we feel um, kind of built on that um, there will be other things that will build on this and um, you know none of this exists in a vacuum so um, I, th I think this is really a huge thing, and congratulations on on this um, on this agreement. We really we really appreciate all the work. Yeah, it's a good day for ACB, and it's a good day for the blind community, as you said before. It certainly is. Well, thank you, Eric. We appreciate you taking time to to talk with us about this, and we look forward for more to more great announcements in the future. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Carl. Page four. Our speaker tonight is Chris Ralston. Chris comes to us from the AAA East Central. He joined AAA East Central in, in September of 2014 after a 20-year career with Gregor Clark County Schools in Indiana. While at Gregor Clark, Chris served as a truant officer, school safety specialist, homeless liaison, and court liaison. Since coming to AAA, Chris has obtained certification as a AAA Driver Improvement Program Instructor, a AAA DriveWise Instructor, <coughs> Child Passenger Safety Technician, uh, Operation Lifesaver uh, Presenter, and a CarFit Event Coordinator. Chris's role as Safety Advisor Spokesperson at AAA involves being the media and contact for the Kentucky and Central Ohio regions and working with the community to improve traffic and passenger safety. So, Everybody give a warm welcome to Chris. Wonderful to be back here tonight, absolutely. Um, what I want to talk about a little bit tonight uh, is some of the technology we're dealing with in cars. We, you know, we've had so many changes in the technology in our vehicles. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Uh, we switched from having to change your headlights on the floor to having to do it up here on the, on the stock, you know. Uh, and now you can't buy a car without a GPS system in it. Uh, you know, we've really come a long way, and we've got a lot of other things that are going to start showing up in vehicles. And just want to talk about what some of those changes are going to be, uh, some of the positives and the negatives of, of each thing as we kind of go through it, uh, and kind of where it's leading us down the road here uh, in pretty quick fashion. Um, one of the things we're starting to see show up on cars quite a bit is lane departure systems. You'll see that on a lot of the commercials, and if you go out to buy a car, they're going to they're show that to you. There's a couple of different kinds of lane departure systems. So if you're looking at a car, it's real important to know which type of lane departure system you have. There's one that's just strictly a warning. So if the car senses that, that you're drifting off of the lane, uh, you're crossing over the, the center marking, it's going to have something to alert you that, that there's a problem, that you're, you're coming out of your lane. It may be a vibration in the seat, it may be a warning bell, a warning light. Uh, but all it's going to do is tell you, hey, you need to pay attention to get back over in your lane before somebody honks at you and flashes the lights and all that good stuff. Um, the other type of, of departure system that we're starting to see show up uh, is actually a, a self-correcting system. So as soon as you, you, it, the car is sensing that you're, you're crossing over that center line, you're coming out of your lane, it will actually re-steer the car back over into your lane until it gets centered back up again. Uh, so you will actually, as you're holding on to the steering wheel, you will feel it actually pull your hands and it will recenter you back in your lane automatically. Really nice systems, they're, they're really getting to, to where they're working pretty well. 
where there's still issues is if you have faded lines on roadways, uh, it has trouble because that's what it, it, it keys off of, is those center stripes down between the lanes. Uh, it actually has a, a sensor that, that reads those, and that's how it knows if you're crossing over or not. So with all of the reductions in budgets and road money, a lot of that's not getting updated. Uh, we're not getting restriping done like we used to, uh, and that can cause a problem with those systems. Uh, potholes are causing problems with them. Uh, initially, when they first came out, we were even seeing problems on really rainy days where you had a lot of reflection coming off the road. was causing a, a problem with, the, with those sensors. They've got that worked out pretty much. But the other time it's never going to work is think about when it's snowing. As soon as that road gets covered up, that system's <laughs> going to go away on you. It's not going to work anymore. So that's one of the, the systems we're starting to see show up. Um, the other system that most cars are showing up with right now are the blind spot monitoring systems. Important caveat with this one and also the, the rear view cameras, the back over protection systems, those are only added extra safety margins. Okay, You still have to do all the old stuff, looking back over your shoulder, checking the blind spot the correct way, checking your rear view mirrors and, and, and that type of thing because these systems are definitely not foolproof. One of the things we're seeing with the blind spot monitoring cameras is that in particular with motorcycles passing you on the left, uh, it has a hard time picking up on that, especially uh, if the motorcycle, I believe that the number was, uh, is moving 20 miles an hour faster than your vehicle, then those camera systems or the sensor systems have a really hard time picking up that motorcycle in time to be able to warn you that it's in your blind spot. They even did some tests even with full-size passenger cars and if a passenger car or even a van is passing you fast enough in that left lane, it's not going to pick up on it. Uh, there's a chance it's going to miss that. So you can't rely just on those systems. I've seen people and I've had relatives say, oh, this is great. I don't have to check my mirrors anymore. If that little light's not on, I can just go wherever I want to. No, you can't. No, you can't. You still got to check those mirrors. You still got to do the, the same thing that you've been taught to do for many years. And driver's ed, and as you were you were taught how to drive. Let's see, parking assistance uh, systems. These are really cool systems. And what I gave you, you've got the brochure that has all the individual systems. I gave you copies of some information. This comes out of our, uh, our research center that we have in, in, with AAA. They do a lot of automotive research. And I just want you to kind of see what, uh, what kind of products we put out from that automotive research. And you have one of those on Let's see, on the rear cross path uh, detection, or on the parking assist rather, active parking assist system. These systems are really working out well. This is one of the, the systems that they've done a really nice job with the, the vehicles that have come out with this so far. Very few complaints. When you look at our research that we've done and you, you see how well it performed, you're able to park closer to the curb uh, with it than without the system in most cases. You were able to park more quickly uh, with fewer maneuvers, uh, you have fewer curb strikes. It, it doesn't allow you to get so close to the curb that, that you tend to strike that curb. In most cases, I'm going to caveat that one real quick. Um, they did find with some vehicles that it was allowing it to get a little too close to the curb and people were scraping, especially if you have uh, wheels that stick out a little farther. They, they were tending to scrape those wheels on curbs with the systems. So you kind of got to be aware of that, that, that it may get you in a little too close at times. But those parking assist systems, even though quite a few people said in our research that they really don't trust them, 
they are working really well. If you have a vehicle with one of those park assist systems, it's amazing how well. And there's a couple of different systems out there. You've got a system that just uh, kind of guides you in. You've got guiding uh, lines and everything on your backup camera, and it kind of shows you how to guide in all the way up to the systems where you pull up next to the car, you take your hands off the wheel, and it will literally pull into a, a parallel parking space for you. It's scary, let me tell you. The first time I tried it, we, we did a, a test run with some cars uh, just so we could see what it felt like to actually do that. Uh, and it was really amazing because you kept catching yourself wanting to grab that steering wheel or wanting to hit the brakes or something. Um, but you, you literally pull up, you take your hands off the wheel, hit the button, and it will parallel park into the space for you. Um, and you, you can typically get into a space that's much smaller than what most people would, would try to parallel park into uh, with, with the backup systems. It, it is just really a, a phenomenal system that's working well. Uh, another one of the things that's coming out quite a bit right now is uh, the uh, adaptive cruise control systems. Really nice system. I, I wish I had this on my car because I've driven a couple cars that has it, and it's really nice. What the uh, the adaptive cruise control does, different than your normal cruise control, is once you set it and, and there's a vehicle in front of you, it won't allow you to get any closer to the vehicle than where you set that. Okay, so if the vehicle in front of you slows down, your car is going to slow down to maintain that distance. Uh, it's not going to speed you up. It's going to keep you at whatever you set maximum. But if that car in front of you slows down, it's going to maintain that distance for you. So you don't have to worry about, you know, closing too quickly. You know, we all have that. You're on cruise control, and all of a sudden there's somebody slow in front of you. You're yelling, why don't you have cruise control? Uh, at least I do that. Um, but uh, the, the adaptive cruise control works really well with that. Uh, like I said, it, it helps you maintain that distance, uh, which is one of the things that uh, if we're going to reduce traffic fatalities in the state of Kentucky, one of our main issues right now is folks traveling too close. So when something does occur on the roadway, you don't have time to react. Uh, our wreck that we had recently out here on 64, uh, where we had the, the three fatalities out on 64, the, the information is still coming in on that, on the, the, uh, uh, the investigation on that, but it looks like at least part of that's going to be possibly following too close. Uh, it's going to be part of the issue that, that happened there, unfortunately, uh, where systems like this is, is going to help you avoid that. The other system that you're going to have to get used to pretty soon is autonomous braking. Okay, autonomous braking is that the car is going to brake on its own. Uh, there are sen sensors mounted in the front of the car, and once it senses there's an object in front of you, it's going to apply the brakes automatically. Again, this is a system that is working really well. This is one of the, the systems that they have a lot of the bugs worked out of, and it really does work well. Subaru's system in, in particular is fantastic. Uh, the Subaru system so far has just been fail-safe. Uh, there have been no issues of it not working when it should have out on the roadways at this point. Uh, every test that, that we put a Subaru through with that AAA, it's passed with flying colors. Um, so that, that's a, a system that, that's really working well is that automatic braking. Uh, braking. The reason why that's so important is most of our accidents that we have out on the roadway are front-end crashes where we're running into something. So if we've got that autonomous braking working in cars, uh, it should start reducing the number of traffic accidents, hopefully traffic fatalities along with that. The reason why we're all going to have to get used to that, that's going to start being mandatory on all cars. Uh, it looks like it's going to be in 2018, that's going to be a mandatory uh, a feature on all cars in, in 2018. It may go to 2020, we're still not sure yet, but we're hoping 2018 is going to be the year on that. 
Uh, it's really going to add very little to the cost of an automobile when you go purchase it at the dealer. Uh, it's going to be very, very minimal uh, what it's going to add to the cost, it looks like, at this point. Uh, because they, they've been able to work out the systems as we've gone through with uh, the park assist and all that. A lot of the systems that we knew would need to debug has already worked out for this. Um, so that, that system, it, you know, you can start looking at it like to 2018 to 2020. You go buy a new car, regardless of the price point of the car, it's going to have the autonomous braking on it. Okay? Now, why is all this important right now? Because we're getting ready to make a huge leap in automotive technology. Huge leap in automotive technology. The autonomous car is coming. Right now, they're being tested in six markets around the country. Uh, where they're actually out on the road. Google is the, the largest player right now in that. Google's autonomous cars have logged over 2 million miles at this point. They, there have been accidents involving the, the Google cars, but of the accidents that have occurred, only one was caused by the Google car. The rest were caused by the other drivers around the Google car. Probably going, there's somebody driving that car! So now I think it's like you're driving down the road and then suddenly there's a car with a driver. Um, so that's probably the cause of at least some of those, but, but the Google cars only had one incident that, that was its own fault. Uh, it misjudged a distance at a stoplight and actually bumped into a car in front of the minor damage. They're using those cars on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, if you're a Google executive in California, you no longer have to drive to work. Okay? You go onto your computer and you say, I would like to have a car come and pick me up. One of the autonomous cars leaves Google, comes to your house, picks you up, drives you to Google, drops you off, and when you're ready to go at the end of the day, you say, I need my car to take me home. Your little car picks you up, takes you to your home, and then back to Google. Okay? Really neat system. Part of what it's going to take uh, to, to really get the, the autonomous cars going is over that fear of letting the car take over. Uh, you know, that's going to be one of our, our big hurdles we're going to have to get over. But so far, everything's really promising. And once we're able to move to those autonomous self-driving cars, what it's going to do, to us, do for us on the roadways is going to be incredible. Because what's going to happen is those autonomous cars they're not only communicating with the satellites, figuring out where to go, and they're not only sensing the cars around them and knows where, where it is in space compared to those cars. It's communicating with every other car, too. Uh, that's one of the sticking points right now uh, because people get caught up with the idea of my information from my car is going to their car, and I don't want them to know what, my, what information is in my car. So there, there's some problems with information sharing that we're having to get through right now. Once we get that worked out and we have that information sharing between cars, it's going to do some incredible things on the roadway. So when you're out here on 64 driving and you know, you've got your, your space between cars, you've got your two to three seconds that we always tell people to try to get between cars, autonomous cars won't need that. They'll need a couple of feet between cars. Okay? And they're going to be able to communicate with each other and maintain that couple of feet regardless of what happens. Okay, so we're going to go fit more cars into, into the same area. Uh, you're going to be able to continue moving at, at the same pace. You're not going to have the situation where uh, you're driving down the road and you've got the, the person that is going to be in the left-hand lane doing 20 miles an hour. Not going to happen because once everybody gets going and the cars are communicating with each other, it's going to say, okay, the speed limit on this roadway is 55 miles an hour. We're all going to go 55 miles an hour. And so you're going to maintain that speed the entire time. Um, so you're not going to have the, the slow-ups with, with slower cars on the roadway. It's going to do some really, really incredible things for us. 
Um, you know, the other thing is it's going to cut down on accidents. It's going to cut down on fatalities on the roadway is what we're hoping. Because if, you know, the cars are communicating the way they're supposed to, reducing the number of accidents, we're able to maintain our spacing, then, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be looking at fewer accidents uh, happening on the roadways. Insurance folks aren't really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that really is one of the questions that we're looking at is how is this going to impact, impact other industries? How is it going to impact uh, the insurance industry, auto insurance industry? It's going to have an impact on it. You know, if we're having fewer car accidents and people are going to be able to have, you know, lower premium insurance or who knows in the future, no car insurance uh, because we've reduced the number of traffic accidents so much, how is it going to impact the industry? How is it going to impact auto repair industry, body shops? Okay, those folks need to, to look at how it's going to impact them and uh, it's kind of like when we've, uh, when we changed everything from manual labor in our factories more to a computer and robot uh, oriented system, we're going to have to look at retooling those industries as well, retooling the body shop industries and auto insurance and, and all those types of things. So it, it's definitely exciting, it's going to be here faster than, than we realized. Um, you know, they're looking at the possibility of California having regular full-blown autonomous cars on the road uh, within a matter of five to six years. Have commercial, commercially available on the road. Um, so it, it's coming quickly. You know, some of the other things we can look forward to with it is, say, you're, you're driving up 65 North and something happens and there's a problem with the roadway on 65 North. The autonomous car is going to be communicating with the satellite system. It's going to serve as a wreck. It's just going to automatically detour everybody where they need to go. It may not detour everybody to the same place. It's going to split everybody up so everybody has the best chance to get where they're going with the least amount of a problem. So it may send some of the cars 64 east, some of the cars 64 west, uh, and it's going to readjust everything based on what, what's going on on the roadways. Um, pretty incredible stuff. We're getting George Jetson here really quick. <laughs> and just need the flying car now. Yeah. Snow and rain and the lines fading. Right. So then how does that affect the whole autonomous system? The autonomous, the autonomous system is working a little differently. It's not really keying off of the roadway. Oh, okay. It's keying off satellites and then the other vehicles around it. Uh, so it's communicating with those other cars where they are in space. Okay. It's communicating with the satellite systems. What about the 20 to 50? <laughs> That's what we need to worry about. You know, it's going to take time to, to kind of weed out and start getting those cars off the road you know, for us to be able to, to go full-blown autonomous vehicle. Yes, ma'am? Is this going to affect the trucking industry, too? Absolutely, it's going to affect the trucking industry. There's another area that, that we're going to have to see about retooling. Uh, we're going to have a lot more tech jobs available. That's for darn sure. Folks that need to understand computers and those types of systems and uh, infotech systems. Yes, my daughter's going to be a computer programmer. <laughs> Take care of daddy and his own. One more question. Yes, ma'am. You talk about the satellite. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a couple of <coughs> companies that operate off of satellite. And if you have a real bad storm, <laughs> you don't get you your don't show. A <laughs> <laughs> little different satellite system. They're, they're actually transmitting on a little different systems. Um, the systems that we use for GPS and, and for some of those systems, much more robust system. They're, they're right now putting satellites into space at this point that are even improvements over what we currently have with our GPS satellites. 
Um, you know, GPS still, you know, you, you get into a heavily uh, forested area with some GPS systems, it, it starts getting a little iffy at times. Um, so that's part of this whole system is upgrading those satellites and, and also having redundancy in place with the satellites uh, where you can avoid that. Uh, when your car right now hooks up to the satellite system for the GPS, it's not just hooking up to three satellites so it can triangulate your position, it's probably hooking up to six to eight satellites. It only needs three to figure out your position. But it goes in and hooks up to six to eight satellites, and that way if uh, you get into a position where you're not hitting one of the satellites quite well enough, you've got redundancy built in with the others. Technology, I love it. I'm assuming it's all electric, no fossil fuel type stuff or anything, it'll be all electric. And, and that, it can actually be either way with, with those systems. Um, you know, more than likely, uh, the, the Google cars that they're using right now in California, they're all hybrid. Uh, electric hybrid, um, so you know they're they're going for the the greener uh, uh, systems, uh, and that's where all of our systems are going to go anyway. So you know, by the time we get to that, most of our cars are going to be either uh, you know uh, some type of greener system, either higher fuel economy or moving on to the electric vehicle or something like that. As we start getting those battery cells a little smaller. Those old folks are not going to want to give up those. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to drive. <laughs> um, talking about electric vehicles, I was listening to a program today and they were talking about electric vehicles. But in Kentucky right now, there are 32, in the state mm -hmm. of Kentucky, there are 32 charging stations. Right. They're going to add enough to make 50. In the whole state. Probably. And the average mileage is only about 80 miles. Yeah, very short mileage on those. Yeah. Leave it an extra 20 minutes. That's right. And that's something, as we start building those electric vehicle systems and we start having more of them on the road, it's kind of a chicken or egg situation. We kind of, once we start getting more cars on the road, then you'll see those electric systems start coming up. Uh, the charging stations. You know, it's the same way with uh, the vehicles that, that run off of um, uh, propane and, and those types of systems. You know, as we started getting more of those, and in the areas where that's a little more prevalent, you, you see those stations pop up. Uh, uh, and you know, it kind of follows. My one daughter is in school in Evansville right now, and they have quite a few uh, vehicles running off of propane down there. And so there are several stations around the area that have popped up to, to kind of service that market. Uh, and I think it'll be the same way with the electric cars. You know, once we start seeing a build up the vehicles on the road, then the follow up to that will be bringing in the, the charging stations. And that's probably where we're going to need to retool some of these folks, whether it's truck drivers or mechanics or, or whatever it might be, is retooling their jobs and retraining them. Um, on the installation and maintenance of, of those uh, charging stations, things like that. So we're going to have to get creative in, in how we keep those folks employed uh, and gainfully employed. Yeah. Uh, the best cars are the ones that run on the uh, the oil from McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome. I love following one of those. Because it smells like McDonald's French fries. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Page 5, the Sound Prince calendar. April 19, the Tri-State Library users will have a special conference call presentation by Turley Richards, a blind former Warner Brothers Atlantic recording artist, international performer, producer, and songwriter of over 700 songs. Turley lives in Louisville, and 
He has sold over 1.4 million records throughout his career. The call is at 8 p.m. by phone, and everyone is invited to attend. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On April 22, the Statewide Rehabilitation Council for the Kentucky Office for the Blind will hold its next meeting at the McDowell Center from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Contact Jennifer Wright at 502-564-4754 for details. Also on April 22, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its next roundabout. Education and technology, including Braille, genealogy, and tech tips from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Discussion time from 5 to 6, this time featuring David Smith telling us about his experiences while living in Germany in the Air Force. Dinner is from 6 to 7, $5 per person. Games and crafts, 7 to 10, at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On April 24, ACB Families will hold its April teleconference at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The topic is a family and budget-friendly convention. Tips for making your ACB conference and convention both fun and affordable. Call 605-475-6333 and enter code 1711553. On April 25, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold its membership conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time by phone 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On April 27, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at its office in Lexington. The speaker is Mac Ferguson, Lexington Lions Club president. For more information, call 859-259-1834. Also, in April, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its spring quarterly meeting and elections, which has been rescheduled for April 29. It will begin with a GLCB roundabout from 3.30 to 4.45, including Braille, genealogy, and tech tips, bargain table from 4.45 to 5.30, ask the lawyer 5.30 to 6.30, dinner, business meeting, and elections from 6.30 to 8.30, $5 per person for the event, United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call 502-895-4598. The calendar for May includes, on May 1, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Committee meetings by telephone, advocacy at 7 p.m., education and technology at 8, and activities at 9. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On May 4th, KCB will hold its PR Membership Committee meeting at 8 p.m. on the same conference line. 605-475-6006, code 294444. On May 5, ACB Lions will have its conference call, and Lions everywhere are invited to attend. The monthly meeting gives Lions a chance to share ideas and ways to be involved in local clubs. It's at 9 Eastern, 
and the number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On May 7, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites you to our Derby Party. Plan to come early, stay late, and enjoy friends, games, and fun all day. 10.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. The cost is $5 per person. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On May 8, KCB Next Generation will have its monthly conference call at 8 Eastern. 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On May 10, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus 270-684-4418 for more information. On May 12, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind has its monthly conference call at 7 p.m. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155619. May 13 is the next GLCB roundabout. It includes Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5, Discussion Time, 5 to 6, Dinner, 6 to 7, $5 per person. Games and crafts from 7 to 10. 895-4598 for more information. May 14, Exploring with All the Senses, Animals in the Backyard, from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. It's an opportunity for hands-on activities and interactions with live animals. It's offered by the American Printing House for the Blind Museum, in partnership with the Louisville Nature Center. Free for all ages. Registration is required. Call the museum at 502-899-2213. On May 14, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On May 14, the KCB Next Generation invites all council members to a picnic from 3.30 to 7 p.m. All chapters are invited. $5 for adults, $3 for children 3 to 8 years old. At the Brown Park, 1000 Browns Lane in St. Matthews. RSVP by April 30 by calling 502-750-1774 or email a L Smoot S M O O T eight seven at gmail dot com. On May fifteen, the Kentucky School for the Blind will have its next alumni board meeting at eight PM by conference call six zero five four seven five six zero zero six enter code two nine four 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 four. On May sixteen, KCB will have its monthly conference call at eight PM. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On May 17, Tri-State Library users will have a dinner meeting in Louisville. More information coming soon. May 19 is the Kentucky School for the Blind Middle and High School Concert, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. in the KSB Ritchie Auditorium. Call 502-897-1583 for information. 
On May 20, the Greater Louisville Council will have a roundabout from 3.30 to 10 p.m. The usual schedule will apply. 502-895-4598 for information. On May 22, ACB Families will have its May conference meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-6333 and enter code 1711553. On May 23, Guide Dog Users of Kentucky has their May conference call meeting at 7 p.m. 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On May 24, the Kentucky School for the Blind will have its elementary recital and award ceremony from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. in the Ritchie Auditorium at the school. Call 502-897-1583. May 25 is the Bluegrass Council Support Group meeting for May from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington, 859-259-1834. On May 25, the Kentucky School for the Blind High School graduation is at 6.30 p.m. in the Ritchie Auditorium. Call 502-897-1583. May 27 is the last GLCB roundabout of the month, 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, 895-4598 for details. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.